Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com IMTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hey there. So... I'm pretty sure you've seen it or whatever, but oh. every once in a while, like, I'll get into, like, the house hunting building shows, right? Yeah, yeah. And really, you were telling yeah, me. really, I just, I've been leaving it on the channel every day, mm-hmm. so it's like, sometimes I'll pay attention, sometimes I won't. And yeah, we've had this conversation where a lot of the, the shows <laughs> are the same, right? Yeah. Well, there is a, a new one that came on, well, new to me. Where they help a couple find a house to fix up. And I, I think there was like two or three episodes playing, but I wasn't really paying attention until right before I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And this couple, like typical couple, right? They're like, oh, we have this money. We want to buy a bigger house. But affording the the stuff that we need, it, we can't do it with our budget. So we want to buy something fix up, right? Right? Okay. You buy something cheaper, yeah. put a little bit more money into it, you get what you want. Well, they're doing the kitchen, right? And the guy tells the wife, it's like the wife. Like the husband? Yeah. The, okay. And maybe a contractor, maybe a designer. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. But he's telling everyone there, uh, I don't like that. Like, it's a black splash to the, to the, the kitchen or something. He's like, I don't really like that backsplash and like what are you talking about you're being silly he's like no it's weird like when i'm looking at it there's like these little dots and they're like jumping around and it's like it's it makes me dizzy and they're like you're being so stupid like you're just you're just saying this now and they're like making a big deal right because because they already bought it and it's super super expensive right yeah they're like you're just saying this now like you should have said something earlier he's like well earlier you only had this one piece. I didn't see it all together. And I'm looking at it. And as I'm looking at it. You see it? It's doing the same thing. And I'm like. What oh, is it? Yeah. It's just a design where it's like a lot of different lines come together. Oh, and they intersect. Yeah, yeah. And so like. I know what you mean. This, like this middle part. It's not. It's Because it's all. The tile's like blue and white. Uh. But you see like. Because of the effect of all the geometry in front of your eyes yes you like, focus it, like on, it starts like yeah you vibrating. focus on this like every every big intersection it, it all of a sudden like it kind of turns like this black and it, and it moves right and he's like yeah it just really bothers me and they're like you're being silly and they go well let's put the whole thing up and if you really don't like it then we could take it down so they do and all this stuff or whatever and at the end of it they're like so what do you think of the backsplash he's like I still hate it. It gives me a headache. And they're like, you're being so silly. Like, you're just making it up. And it's like, you guys are the fucking worst. Like, he is literally telling you, this is physically bothering me. It's not, oh, well, I I like dark floors. And this is a light floor. So we got to tear it. It's nothing stupid. It's not like. I want an eggshell, but they gave me cream. 
Yeah. Like, look at, look how disgusting this is. This is supposed to be like a light white with a little bit of gray, but now it's like a, a little bit darker white with a, a, a darker gray, and it just looks disgusting. And you see, like, compared to it, it's like, I don't see a difference. Yeah. It's nothing like that. No. He's physically having a problem with his eyesight, and it's making him like hurt it's making him like dizzy and they're like i i think it looks awesome blah 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 and he's just like okay that happens to me like when i see like certain um plaids on white yeah that's basically that's the that's the thing and i and i I told my sister maybe it's just people with glasses because he had because no one had glasses except for him i don't know it just it just really made me feel like God, these people are the fucking worst. Because <laughs> when you watch any of these shows, you're always going to come across oh, stupid yeah. buyers or fixer-uppers or whatever, right? There's people who want to sell their house like, oh, we think we could get at least like $1 million. And the guy's sitting there like, um, even after renovations, it's probably only going to reach like maybe seven fifty. That's so stupid. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but do you think these people... They watch like all these shows, and then they they go on and they're like, "I know you can." Like they they try and be like, "We we can do this," and like try and weasel it like to where like that whole this I saw on the chat the channel how similar to this sold for like a hundred fifty thousand, so ours should sell for two hundred fifty thousand. So stuff ob- like that. obviously, a lot of this stuff is like staged. And oh fake. yeah, 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 uh-huh. like. Well, we some know, of them, some of them are actually like yeah, one of them. But we one know that reality TV yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is really scripted. But I mean, like one of them literally does take over like a couple of weeks. They just edit where you. Oh like, yeah, the, oh the it's like, a, like a day. It's like a week, and it's like oh, it's been like three months. I'm yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. So like they were really you know going looking for houses and stuff, but yes, most of them are are they already know like what's what they're gonna buy, what they're gonna get, all this stuff, right? But I just feel like they don't understand, like, housing markets. Yeah, it's like... And then, like, some of them, too, like... I think you told me, like... They moved into, like, a, basically a mansion because even though it was, like, nowhere near, like, as close as they wanted, right? Or something? Like, you are telling me, like, the, the, the husband was, like, okay with, like, one of the houses that was, like, closer to where they wanted to be. But she wanted to, like, the... Like, it was basically, like, a mansion... Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's so, the guy wanted to live closer. Yeah, because his commute was like, I think total it was almost three hours. Yeah, and he just wanted to live closer so he didn't have to drive the three hours. And the girl was like, "Yeah, but we could." I think it was either like they could stay there or look for another a bigger house, but it was like just as far. He's like, but that doesn't make any yeah. sense. But I think they did. I think that one, it was still a drive, but it wasn't a three-hour drive. It's just like, like an hour and a half. It's like half of the time, and it's like, okay, but you. His whole thing was he wanted to live close so he could spend time with you guys, his family. Yeah, but see, that, but it's not as long anymore. It's yeah. not three hours. But it's not what I wanted. Honestly, that's what a lot of those shows are. Yeah. It's all about like compromising and i guess that's why you watch them because you're like oh come on lady you have to be serious or whatever um 
and and sometimes like I just watch them as like white noise. Like I don't I don't give a, <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit about nowhere but fuck Texas or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that some of them are interesting because they'll show you like places in America that you never really thought about, and you're like, God damn, housing's that cheap. Yeah. And you come out here and it's like, oh, you 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 got your house for three hundred thousand. That's really good. I mean, it is a little bit old, but like it's not falling down. That's really good. Then you'll go to like outside of Cleveland, you get a fully renovated, like three bedroom, two bath house, and it's like, oh, this one's kind of expensive. I'm asking one hundred and sixty five for it. I mean, it is only a. It's only like okay, we'll take it's it. only a half an acre. No, hold on. It's only a half acre. No, 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 no. We'll take it. Oh, I guess that's really easy. No, I don't know. But I honestly, because I don't watch a ton of TV right now, I just leave it on that channel. So whenever I turn it on, it's just always there. I'm pretty sure my cat knows more about, you know, how to buy and sell a house. <laughs> and, you know, how renovating small things oh. really makes it functional. You don't always have to move. And that sometimes that's planted in your brain. But the only time you should really move is if it absolutely cannot work. I should stop watching them because it's like, I'm not going to go and buy a fixer-upper in the middle of Texas. But sometimes they're just entertaining. Yeah. This is the fucking news. So did you see the new um, Morbius trailer? It's kind of what you expect. It does look a lot better than Venom, I will say that. The way that they did the his... Like the makeup, or um, or when he actually like turns into like Morbius and all and all that, like it looks it pretty looks good. Like, a, like he's turning or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like it actually looks like comic ac- comic accurate. So I was like, that looks pretty good. Like I like that that they're making it look pretty spot on. But there's a cameo in the trailer that makes that's everyone's like. What, what does this all mean? What does that mean? Does that mean it connects to that? Yeah, so, the Spider-Man poster. No. Well, maybe. <clears throat> so, Michael Keaton is in the trailer as Adrian Toomes, who is the vulture in Homecoming. So, people have been speculating, okay, so does that mean that Morbius is going to tie into the MCU? Does that mean, like, we'll get... A Sinister Six now? Like, is it going to be, like, the Vulture, Morbius, Scorpion? Like, where does Venom fit into all this? Here's what I got from it. Mm. Is that they're throwing a lot at the wall. Because, yeah, you're right. that They show that, and it's like, okay, that's Lucy time. They haven't said anything about Venom. But also, they did tie in a Spider-Man. But... But the it's weird not thing is, Tom Holland. That's Spider-Man. that's the weird thing. And you could you could easily you could easily say it's just a poster of a Spider Man. And, and and maybe maybe they threw that poster in for now. It's just like, but when the movie comes out, they could change it to be more accurate to Tom Holland. Yeah. Here's where it does bother me, because them tying it into the other Spider Man, it it is a little bit questionable. But in the long run, it might be fine because the way that they showed the trailer and how they talked about it and the connections they want to connect, this feels like this could be their start of their part of the Spider-Verse, right? Which I would be okay with if they don't bring in Venom because the way that Venom is... 
just completely doesn't feel the same way. It would feel like if you had the Fantastic Four movie from a couple years ago mm-hmm. just automatically drop in to this one. It's like, okay, well, I mean, they went to space and oh. and the MCU's in space. And it's oh. like, yeah, but it's it's a different feel. It's just a completely different feeling movie. And don't get me wrong, like, it'd be cool because, you know, Doom and hopefully he's coming. Allegedly yeah. he's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, it's not the same, you know, whatever. Unless they did a storyline where it was a multiple universe, right? Yeah. Like where in, in the last Spider-Man movie, they talked about it. And somehow there's like this crazy hole that keeps opening, and you just happen to see Jessica Alba's um, <laughs> Invisible Woman yeah. uh, come in or something, right? And it's like, oh, that's weird because my sister told me that, and and I give credit for DC for doing this, their crossover thing. That yeah, doing, I was reading about that. Yeah, how they just they just threw in Ezra Miller, uh-huh. and it's like. Okay, that makes sense because it does make sense. And there, because I was confused, I was confused at first. And I asked her, Is Batman Beyond in the thing? She's like, What are you talking about? And I told her that, you know, like fucking YouTube always like shows this, whatever. And it, it basically said that Batman Beyond is a part of this DC TV show universe, right? And I was confused. But, but apparently, what they did was. They had like a cameo from old Batman in the cartoon, but as him as a live action. It's yeah. it's what's his name? And I don't know if they had the kid there or not, but what they did was like, see, this is a part of it, but it's not because it's just a different universe, but it is because it's a different universe. Yeah. And that's why it worked with Ezra Miller. Because he is a Flash, but he's a different Flash. He's from a from different, a different yeah. universe. But I don't have trust in Sony. In Sony. Yeah, me either. Because you're right. If they do, if so, if they let Sony run with this idea, then they're gonna they were like, well, we have Venom. Everyone loves Venom and Carnage, and it's like, but they don't fit in this universe. Like the Spider-Man thing is already kind of iffy, and it's. Like we're we're happy to know that he is gonna come back. Yeah. But how and for how long and what does this mean for everything else? That's where it gets kinda like, um, because I like Tom Hardy and the Venom movie is fine for what it is. Okay. But it's just but- like just like Suicide Squad, it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's cool really? to see Venom and and Tom Hardy, and it's like, yeah, because he's a badass. Even though he's not a badass in that movie, you would think, right? You would think he's just ultra badass. He's kind of a pussy. But having the idea of a possibility that we're going to see that Venom come in and they set up like this super cool, like all the new, like, oh, look at the X-Men. And it's like, oh, I didn't want a different Wolverine. But then he's like so good. Everyone's like... Oh, but he's a new Wolverine. It's like, yeah, yeah, because he's the Wolverine we should have got a long time ago. Yeah, I'm not gonna touch that. But like, you know, they set up this, and we have all oh, cool Fantastic Four, and all the stuff is coming together. And then Tom Hardy comes riding in on a motorcycle. I'm gonna be like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Me? <laughs> like, I would literally feel like, 
Oh my god. Cause that's that's not the venom I want to see in this this greater MCU universe. And the reason why I say that is because I have a feeling that if the MCU were to ever do their Venom, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, shit. This is how we should have had the Venom movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just. It... Yeah. I know. exactly. That's exactly how I feel, too. I'm just like, well, at least at least Morbius looks pretty good. At least like they're trying to co- they're trying to connect it, but they're not being stupid about it. Just as long as you don't give me like something dumb, like where the rhino is made by Paul Giamatti again. I don't know. I mean, we'll wait for it, I guess, and hopefully, hopefully, like the movie doesn't end and it's like a cutscene where some plane lands and they're like, "Who are we looking for?" And it's like. Oh, it's um, it's this journalist from San Francisco, and it's like, don't no, I I would be so fucking mad. So we'll get about we'll get into the the larger thing of it later in the um, episode, but um, so Stephen King just recently had some tweets about um, diversity, uh, especially when it came to specific nominations that came out this week. So his tweets were, as a writer, I'm allowed to nominate, be nominated, I think what he meant is be allowed to be nominated in just three categories. Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Original Screenplay. For me, the diversity issue, as it applies to individual actors and directors anyway, did not come up. That said, I would never consider diversity in matters of art, only quality. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. After he said that, and after a lot of the backlash that we've been having with, you know, like the Golden Globes and BAFTA, and especially just recently this week, you know, people are are like calling him out because they're like, you know, like one person said, with all due respect, I'm afraid that meritocracy could only work could only work if the game weren't already rigged. And, like, even, like, um, Ava DuVernay, um, like, called call him out on that, too. It's just, it, it, it's it's true, too, though. Because I feel like Stephen King does try and stand up for, like, the right things, too. Because, um, like, afterwards he did say, like, the most important thing we can do as artists and creative people is make sure everyone has the same fair shot, regardless of sex, color, or orientation. Right now, such people are badly underrepresented and not only in the arts we can't win awards you can't win awards if you're shut out of the game is this more of a sign of that age-old adage that we come back to where it's like old white people don't don't understand what they're talking about where they don't see their privilege where it's like he i get where he's coming from where it's like yeah you're right in pointing out certain things are rigged against people like us but your argument that like Oh, diversity has no place in art. It's about what you what you create. It's the quality of what you create. It's like no because there's specific things that are done that like reflect like an experience, right? Like if you go into a film that's about like LGBTQ community and you're not part of that community, like 
you you may sympathize and even empathize, but like you don't like really know what it is, right? So and it's like they're like they have to have their own like unfortunately in the system that we live in, like they have to have their own like niche area because most people are like that's wrong. How I imagine it is if you said being a good guitar player just takes time and 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 hard work and you could get there, right? And it's like, yeah, okay. But then you take two people like let's say there's person A, person B and you tell them the same thing, but person A lives in a upper class middle family mm-hmm. whose parents on the whim can just buy said person a guitar and an amp and maybe maybe book some classes for him to get started maybe even buy him some different um book tablets so he could learn on his own and all this stuff right yeah person b lives in like a two-bedroom apartment with his family of five and they live paycheck by paycheck and he still he has the same drive as the other guy but they can't afford to buy him a guitar, at least not right now. Maybe, you know, maybe like they'll save up or something, right, for Christmas or whatever. And no matter what, you're right, right? The hard work and dedication, that makes a good guitar player. But obviously you have to say that person A has the upper hand. He's going to have it easier to learn, right? Yeah. Person B, I'm not saying that he's never going to get there. I'm not saying that he doesn't have the same work ethic or dedication as person a but physically he's he's a part of a system that is hard for him to get something as much as he wants uh, like a guitar yeah he can't afford it he just doesn't come from that background so everything's just gonna be a little bit harder than him there's a difference yeah it's that it's good that we call these people out right because they need to understand that like things that they say like Yes, in the grand scheme of things, like, the things that they say, who, who like, really gives a shit, right? They're just old white people who are trying to hold on to the last, like, grasp of their, their, their power that they still have, right? But at the same time, it's like, do you know how many people, like, read these tweets and then they're just, like, they just sit there and agree with them? But with the context of, like, his other tweets, too, I think he is also acknowledging that fact. But I think it's that he took so long to to tweet that out. It's like it didn't. It shouldn't have taken you like this long to, to tweet it, right? It should have. It should have like that. And diversity should be part of the argument. Like we, I, we've talked about this multiple times, so we're not gonna we're not we're gonna talk about it more a little bit later. But like diversity has to be talked about. I'm I'm sorry. Like people want to do that thing where they're like, oh, you guys are just bringing this up because whatever you literally you can insert whatever dumb stupid argument you have it could be it's how many dumb arguments are there every day for something stupid like like that where it's like you only bring up diversity because of this it's like we we only have to bring it up because you guys constantly do this yeah i mean like it really is baffling to think that people just say that oh well this doesn't happen and in their mind, it doesn't. And it's like, yeah, that's not how the world works. No. Just because you believe something, because you say something, doesn't make it true. And even if that hurts you down to the core. Oh, I don't know why that has to hurt you so badly. Yeah. But 
I think the second, like, his other tweets kind of rectify that a little bit. Yeah. But, but still that, like, the idea that you, like, art ha- is subjective only to the quality is, like, no. Like, we, we know that's not true. We know that, like, art is subjective to a lot of different things. Like, even just, like, looking at a film and you know that, like, it's from someone who's not from um, the United States or that it's a person of color or it's a woman director or, you know what I mean? It's any number of different factors that, like, that influences the way you look at it. Or even, like, the writer. Like, if the like if you're M. Night Shyamalan and you should be writing for, like, people like yourself, but instead he writes for just white people. And it's, what does that say about M. Night Shyamalan? That he's smart. Yeah, it's true. The truth is, there's a lot that goes into his statement mm. that's going to take us too long. And we've touched on the, a lot of stuff before. It's it's also, like, it's sad that it's, like, he 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 knows to correct it, right? He knows to, to, to tweet out something to correct it a little bit. At least, like, because I, like, I, I really don't want to hate him because I, I love Stephen King's work. But, like... At least if it's not a full-blown OK Boomer thing where it's like, you know there's people out there who tweet that first part and then they're like, yep, that's what I believe. Yeah. That's it. No, I mean, to give credit where credit is due, he is coming from a, a place of an artist, right? Mm. He's, I mean, he has a track record of, yeah, you're right. He's trying to be someone who gives the people that are lesser than... Uh, you know stories in his in his books and stuff, right? He gives him gives these characters, whatever, right? All this stuff, like he's fine with all that, but his thought process is still very stuck in a. Well, I've been sheltered my entire life because yeah. this is this life I led, and that makes sense. And the fact that he did come back and he, you know, like you said, he he tried to rectify what he was saying and and. and backpedaled a little bit and was like, oh, you know, I didn't mean it like that, whatever. Makes sense because he's not that person. But it is kind of fucked up just because he's gone this entire time with that mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's where we're still stuck on. We're stuck on the fact that as much as we can enjoy Stephen King and, and, and by no means do we think like he's, oh, hashtag canceled. Just, but just the fact that he's lived this entire lifetime with that mindset, him being completely oblivious to, you know, what was really behind that, that statement, that's where it kind of gets, like, it's still a little bit problematic. Yeah. But if we're going to talk about problematic people in and around Hollywood and entertainment and stuff, we're going to be here for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, we'll probably be here for, like, five hours. Exactly. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's sad the fact that he tweeted it, and it's sad the fact that he had that mindset. But it is good knowing that people like him, people that we still hold fairly high in our standards, are willing to go back and say, "Hey, you know, I, I didn't mean any harm. Like, you know, I didn't know that you know this was this, and you know, whatever, blah blah blah." The fact that he's trying shows that hey, you know. There are some people willing to to say, "Oh, I was wrong. You're right. My bad." As opposed to, you know, some people who stand by said statement and be like, "No, this is this is what I believe in. 
I'm not a snowflake. You you guys are all butt hurt. It's just it's <laughs> it was an icky statement. Yeah. But I mean he did try to fix it afterwards. So kudos to him. Listen carefully. You are now five thousand miles from land, and you're descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. See you all in a month. Here we go. Alright, we're gonna do this. Let's do this. One to ten. How bad's my rig? My ten. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How do we even get there? We walk up. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! Turn your lights off. What is that? What is that? What is happening? There's something following us. Underwater is a 2020 American science fiction horror directed by William Eubank and written by Brian Duffield and Adam Kozad. Tian Industries intends to drill seven miles to the bottom of the Mariana Trench for resources. A large earthquake hits and a section of the Kepler-822 station starts to suffer a catastrophic breach from the pressure. Nora Price, played by Kristen Stewart, a mechanical engineer, and Rodrigo, played by Mamadou Athi, are able to escape the area and close it off, temporarily preventing further damage to the Kepler. They rescue Paul, played by TJ Miller, as they make their way to the escape pod bay. However, the three discover that all the escape pods have already been deployed, with Captain Lucian, played by Vincent Cassell, being the only person in the area when the three arrive. The surviving crew reach a control base and find biologist Emily Haversham, played by Jessica Henwick, and engineer Liam Smith, played by John Yalliger Jr., who are unsuccessful in their attempts to make contact. Lucien recommends that they put on pressurized suits and walk one mile across the ocean floor to the Robox Station 641. 
They start to emerge from the station into a cargo elevator, but Rodrigo's helmet is faulty and cracks from the pressure, killing him instantly. The surviving crew see a, a distressed beacon from one of the escape pods below, and Smith and Paul go outside to investigate. As Smith and Paul arrive at the location, the pod has been ripped open and a body lies in the rubble. Paul inspects the body only for a hatchling creature to emerge from it and attack him. Smith is able to shoot and kill it with a bolt gun, and they bring it inside. Studying the creature's body, Aversham realizes it is a part of a previously undiscovered species. The five begin to set out towards the Roebuck station, but as they are walking, the Kepler explode, causing debris to fly towards them. Smith is hit by the debris, but Price and Lucian manage to save him and bring him inside. They are able to make it to the meat point station by taking an access tunnel, allowing them to charge and clean their suits to find that Smith's oxygen source is badly damaged from the debris. As they make their way through the access tunnel, Paul is attacked by an unknown creature and is dragged underwater before being ripped out of his suit and killed. Before leaving the access tunnel, the team discover that Smith's damaged oxygen pod will cause him to have to breathe in toxic fumes from the explosion. Unwilling to leave another crew member behind, Price, Lucian, and Haversham agree to help him walk, dragging him if they have to. The remaining four crew members press on and start their walk across the ocean floor, but a humanoid creature appears, dragging Smith into a cave. Lucian manages to pull Smith out, but then tries to go for Smith's bolt gun, allowing the creature an opportunity to drag Lucian up through the water and away from the other three. Price is dragged along with Lucian, but when the creature begins ascending, Lucian sacrifices himself so that Price may escape the increasing change in pressure. Price ends up at the abandoned Shepherd Station and finds that Lucian worked there beforehand, causing suspicion as to what Lucian really knew about these creatures and their involvement with the drilling station. Price tries to make contact with Smith and Haversham, but to no avail. She then gets a new pressurized suit and leaves the Shepherd, continuing toward the robot. Walking along the ocean floor, Price reunites with Haversham, dragging Smith towards the Roebuck station and proceeds to help. As they enter the station, they notice that there is a nest of the humanoid creatures hanging from the ceiling and try to sneak by. But Haversham's suit, low in oxygen, begins to make a noise, causing one of them to wake up and attack Price. Price is partially swallowed by one of the creatures, but is able to kill it and break free. Before more of the creatures can attack, an enormous creature reveals itself and causes an explosion. Haversham rescues Price and they continue their way into the Roebuck. The three are able to reach an escape pod bay, but Price discovers that only two work, with the third being damaged and unusable. Price and Haversham manages to get an ailing but still alive Smith into one of the pods, and Price eventually convinces Haversham to take the last one. As this is happening, the gigantic alpha creature which allegedly attacked and destroyed their rig earlier, emerges from around the Roebuck, surrounded by even more of the humanoid creatures. The creatures start to follow the two escape pods while the Alpha begins to attack the Roebuck. Price, knowing she is already going to die, raises the energy levels of the core engines so that they explode, killing the creature and allowing the escape pods to reach the surface. The film ends with images of newspaper articles depicting Tian Industries, and their attempts to cover up the incident, which includes keeping Haversham and Smith's testimonies classified. Underwater. 
a movie that was intriguing, mm-hmm. but definitely turned into a movie that was more than we bargained for. <laughs> yes, exactly. So dumb. Mm-hmm. Would you want to go ahead and explain uh, what that means and what you thought about it? Uh, yeah. So we saw the trailers for this, and I think the way I thought it was going to be was kind of be like, remember that movie Life? Or it was kind of like that, where it was like, oh, they find something under the water, and it turns out to be this. But then it also kind of looked like a little like Cloverfield, which honestly. If it turned out this was, like, connected to Cloverfield, I was, like, 100% going to be like, yes, I'm here for that. I'd love that if that was connected to that so much. But there's a point in the film when you think, oh, they're just, like, monster creatures, right? That that makes sense. They're in the Mariana Trench. What could be down there? Oh, like, monster people, fish people, right? Ooh, like in Aquaman, right? Makes sense. Aquaman's real, right? But then, at the very end, it it pulls, it literally, it's like, it pulls out an ace card, and and it puts it down, and you're like, huh, I, I honestly did not see that coming, but in the best way. It, it basically goes, and boom, goes a dynamite. Yeah, because... <laughs> Because like this movie, it, it starts off great, right? It like it start like it hit throws you into the action right away. It doesn't like pussyfoot around, right? At all. It doesn't. Yeah, it's like hey, like Kristen Stewart's like half naked, and you're like, oh, that's kind of distracting. And then wait, the the they're already in the action. The the ships are like the station's already blowing up, and like she's got to get out of the way and this and that and blah 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 whatever. They're already in like all this danger, and it's it's like. It's kept up for, like, most of the movie, too, right? Like, this high stakes, like, everything's... We're dead, basically. We gotta get over to here if we're not. Then, But literally, towards the end, it's like... there's There was no other way to say it when we said it in the theaters. We're like, Cthulhu! <laughs> Cthulhu comes out of nowhere, and that is, like, the main, like, antagonist for, like... There's no, there's no other way to say it. Like it is, it's, it's got to be right, Cthulhu, because I'm a hundred percent sure that's like in the public domain. You can just use it now. But like, I, I think it's awesome that like they decided to go that route because it's like, where else was it gonna go, right? Like, now that you, now that I, after I think about it, like having seen it, it's like, yeah, where else would it go? They never straight out say it's Cthulhu. <laughs> But when it pops up and you see it and it's like, that's Cthulhu. Yeah. If this story happened right now, mm. everyone would be like, so Cthulhu's real. Yeah. They don't care about interdimensional portals under the sea. Nope. Oh, it's mm-mm. Cthulhu. That's all you yeah. get. Doesn't matter what. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you're right. As the movie's going on, I'm just thinking, okay, they're... Yeah, there. I mean, there has to be something. I was thinking that maybe they're going to play on the fact that these are these are the mermaids. Like, yeah, or, yeah, because it's like, like what what else would they do, right? Because when you're first introduced to the fact, well, honestly, early on, they basically say like, that doesn't sound normal. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's a a creature of some sort, and then 
the first time they actually go out into the ocean, they come back with a small, tiny, what do you call it, chest burster alien thingy. Yeah. And you're like, okay, oh, so it's just, yeah, they're like a monster. Yeah. And and right away, you know that that's probably like a a baby or a little part of it, whatever. And then it goes on and it shows you they're like these humanoid things. And you're like... Oh, and my first thought was like, oh, those are mermaids. Yeah. Like, the, the, later on, they're going to be like, oh, like these are like the mermaids or whatever, right? And like, you get towards the end, and I just, I don't know. I'm just thinking like, yeah, so like something's going to happen. They're going to kind of escape, but the mermaids are there now, and it's, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just... It's it's one of those movies. Honestly, you're right. They put you in action so fast that the little breathers are the parts that make you suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. It's literally <laughs> the opposite of what nor- normally you would see in like a movie. Like yeah, but at the end, like towards the end of it, you're just thinking, "Yeah, okay, this is whatever." And then the whole thing starts moving, and you're like, "Oh, it's a bigger creature." And even then. You just think there's a bigger thing of whatever yeah, this is. whatever they are. Yeah, and then it's whatever, and then they shoot the little thingy, and you see the face, and you're like, that's Cthulhu. <laughs> you're like, this is that's fucking Cthulhu. That ex- now, this all makes sense. Yeah. This is all Cthulhu. Yeah. Holy shit. This is fucking crazy. That's what they, were, that's what they drilled to. They, they accidentally drilled into Cthulhu's den, and they were, well, Cthulhu... And that's what it is. Yeah. And this isn't by far the greatest horror suspenseful movie, whatever. It isn't isn't trying to go for groundbreaking with effects or camera work or whatever. It's just, honestly, the whole movie is enjoyable. Literally, in the beginning, we get maybe three minutes, two minutes of it just kind of being quiet, more like subdue, and then it hits. Like, right away, it mm. hits. I mean, honestly, I, it's so fast, uh, Kristen Stewart doesn't even get to put her shoes on. <laughs> no. Which is weird, too, because it's like, we saw that part in the trailer. I thought that was going to come, like, yeah. maybe, like, 15 minutes in. Like, we were going <laughs> to we're gonna be introduced to T.J. Miller, the, the funny guy. And then Mamadou Athi, he's the, like, nerdy guy who's like, <laughs> I'm the nerdy guy. Right, you know, cookie cutter script, right? But this movie, it's like that already happened. Like we're like they cut that all out, and they're like, okay, we're gonna start right here, which is cool too. Because as the story's going on, I even told you like the captain knows what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, and technically we don't get any confirmation on it, but you do tie everything together because. The way he's acting, mm. how he's going about everything, and then of course she goes to the the station that uh, what was it like decommissioned or whatever, yeah. and you find out oh he's been here before, yeah, and it's like huh weird crazy, so obviously that ties into the fact that he probably knows exactly yeah. what's going <laughs> on, and if you want to talk about reasons why he came back, I mean, I guess. He lied about his daughter being dead, so maybe when he escaped the first time, he realized, like, there was nothing to live for. Why not go back down? Yeah. You know? I can see that. But it's not 
really about a story of let's get all these characters together and you're going to fall for them. It's a story of there's shit going down yeah. and we need to get out of here. Exactly. Because you're along for the ride. Like mm-hmm. you're there with them and you're trying to figure out alongside with them how are we going to escape. And what I like too is that they don't really pull the punches when it comes to like they actually take into account like these suits aren't like meant to be out in the pressure like that. Like the first person who dies, um, yes, it's the black guy, of course. But like, you gotta get one trope down. But like, yeah, it's like it. It doesn't pull the punch. It doesn't even like try and be like, oh, it's gonna. They like try and get him back in or anything. It just hits and like it cracks and then like boom, it like causes and pushes her off right and she like falls and that's when she sees like the the beacon. Um, from the the pod, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's like it, and then like even like with T.J. Miller's character, like it rips him out of the like the the thing, and then like the pressure and everything like is affecting them. I like that. Yeah, they, they actually they played, like they played on that really well. Yeah, because everything explodes or implodes. Yeah, yeah, and it's just. It, it it makes you really feel like that claustrophobic feel too. Like, oh my god, I hated yeah. the part at the beginning when they had to crawl because, like, I like to me that's like the worst thing. I uh, think that was really cool too because they really only made you feel that way with Kristen Stewart's character because she's a main character. She's the one you're gonna fall through, follow through the whole story. So there's parts of it where it's like, yeah, of course, like this is this, but when you watch it. And they get to those parts, it focuses on her. It focuses on her breathing. It focuses like on how she's barely getting by because there's a there's a scene where the three of them towards the beginning they have he's like he even makes a TJ Miller makes a joke about he's like I'm a big boy or whatever right but he gets through but in that scene we she's the first one to go through and it feels like she can't fit there's no way yeah. she's fitting there's, how is she fitting how are they fitting you know. But of course, T.J. Miller is able to get through. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, then it's not. It's bigger than she's making it out. To yeah, and they do that through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the cool thing about this movie is that the ending opens up so much possibilities. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like the the whole alien thing, where it's like the the creators like you can tell that they they have an an idea for where. Like things are gonna go right, like they like the, the whole cover up at the end, right? Like, and they they say that they're gonna go back down there, so it feels like there's more to explore down there. But I and I and I just hope like I know this movie, I don't think it it didn't, it didn't do too well. So if it ever does get a sequel, like I would like them to explore other things. Like we we could see the another Cthulhu monster, but I'd like to see like them explore more. Like why. But, like, why are they so intent on going down there? Yeah. Like, what is it? Well, see, the cool thing about what everything implies is that it's it's two things. The world we live in is either they know what's down there and they're trying to harvest something, right? Yeah. Kind of like a uh, Cloverfield yeah. where they're harvesting the nectar from, you know, the bottom of the sea or whatever yeah to put in the slush show yeah it could it could be something like that or we just live in a fucked up planet we we have to drill in order for to find more resources 
Oh, that's true. And so that's why they can't stop because it happened before. And it's funny, too, because when you hear that this thing happened before, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, we're building a we're building basically a whole station down in this area where we shouldn't be at. Of course, there's going to be an accident. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the second time around, we'll do better. <laughs> um, so it 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 makes sense in that way. But also, you could do so much. Like, you can go the fantasy route, and there really is, like, this portal to alternate dimensions down there, which this thing came from. That could be a thing. It could be that this is just some ancient world shit that got trapped under there, and this is what they're going to explore now. That's one thing that I really like. I, I, we talked about this with Godzilla, how they kind of brought in this like ancient Earth type of dimension where yeah. they go deep, deep down in the, the, the hollow Earth. Through. Yeah, to 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 inside the Earth, and then they find like this whole shrine. It's like. So people were here, and this is a whole, you know, it's just, it's like a, it's an awesome fantasy thing. Yeah. They could do something like that, you know, they, they, it could be so many different things that, honestly, they could do a second part where everything's on top, and they deal with like, like a sci-fi spy film where they're trying to figure out what happened, and, and then all of a sudden, there's these people and they're in this cult that believes that they know there's this monster down there. I mean, like yeah. they could go so many different routes with this movie. Well, what happens after this movie, it just, it makes, it makes the movie so much richer. It's, it's how we always talk about how we wish we had the accidental uh, prequel. It's, it's why split was so good mm. because it gave us something that we didn't even know we needed. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is an origin story? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. This could be an origin story to life after Cthulhu and what it means and all this stuff, right? This could have been the beginning to Pacific Rim that we yeah. never saw. You know what I mean? That's like, true. The movie itself isn't the biggest on-screen spectacular movie immersion you're going to get. No. But it's a really good movie. It's mm-hmm. super fun. It moves through everything so fast. It does give you a little bit of suspense, so that does make sense. It plays on the horror aspect of being alone and trapped and you can't get out. There's a lot there's a lot yeah. to it that it may not be as evil as like a a witch or something. Yeah. But it's it's still like this unknown thing. And then the ending hits you, and you're like, "Holy shit, this is fucking awesome!" Because the movie, w- the movie was enjoyable before then. I liked the movie before then, but the ending, yeah, makes it like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I think the, I think it was like my enjoyment was like, "Yeah, this is this is good. This is great. You know, I'm I'm going along pretty good. Uh, I'm like, it's it's good. I'll probably if it's on ever again, I'd probably watch it. But then as soon as the ending comes, I'm like." Holy shit. Oh my god. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And you know what I mean? It just elevates it that much more. And I think they convey that claustrophobia and like you're trapped with them really good. 
and like the acting isn't terrible. Like, I mean, like it could have been worse, right? Like this, you could, but you could tell like they were having fun and like they like they're they're not they're trying at least. They're not yeah. like like it could be even more terrible. But I think more people should at least go should have at least gone to see it. It's it's not terrible. Like it's not a bad movie at all. Like it could have been way worse. Like the CGI could have been terrible, or like it could have, it could have been any number of ways. But the way it played out was like, this was a good, enjoyable like horror film. Honestly, this movie is a go watch if you're into horror of any type. Or basically, it's just it's kind of like Alien, but in underwater. So if you're into those kind of like yeah, where it's like there's something lurking, but I don't know what it is. This is that kind of movie for you. Good film, backed hard. It's a really intriguing film that I didn't think we'd get, and I'm happy that we actually got something this cool. Yeah. So, watch it. All right. So just this week. We got the Oscar nominations, so let's go over um, the original screenplay. It's Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Adapted screenplay, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Two Pope. Anime feature, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. You think it's kind of crazy that Frozen Two didn't get a nomination? I think you want. I think you know why they didn't is because Frozen already won, and How to Your How to Train Your Dragon hasn't won, and I think Toy Story already won one, right? So I think this is kind of them. I think they're gonna give it to How to Train Your Dragon. I feel like it's gonna be that thing where it's like, oh, well, they deserve it. But you know, you know something I like is that Disney isn't dominating the the category like it normally does. Yeah. Let's go to best director. What, um, man number one, man number two, man number. Oh, sorry, uh, it's Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, of, of course. Uh, Todd Phillips for The Joker. Sam Mendes for Nineteen Seventeen. Quinn Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, of course, and then um, Boom Joo Ho for Parasite. What do you think about the whole controversy of, like, no women? It feels icky because we've had this last few years talking about... It's not just the Me Too movement, but it's what that pushed for of, like, hey, Mm -hmm. so women have problems in Hollywood? Weird. And then how that's continuously going further and further and further. And it's not like you're just saying, hey, let's give ex-woman who made a movie a spot. It's taking, like you said, taking consideration that Greta Gerwig took something as classic as Little Women and still made it a really good film, but updated a little bit to where it feels like this is not only a good movie, but it fits for what we're doing, yeah. how, how this how this is right now, right? Or, or The Farewell, doing something we talked about with like Roma, taking a story mm. from a different culture and still making it intriguing. But, I mean, The Irishman. Oh, yeah. You know what? The Irishman. God. And then, oh, my God, we're going to get into it right now. But 
Best Supporting Actress, Kathy Bates or Richard Jewell. She she deserved it. Uh, Laura Dern for Marriage Story. She deserved she deserves it. Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. Florence Pugh for Little Women and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. They all 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 deserve it. But honestly, like people who've seen Richard Jewell are kind of like, oh, the one scene where she like kind of cries in this one part, and that's it. Like why 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 was Kathy Bates nominated? Oh, it's kind of like the Meryl Streep thing where it's like, oh, it's Kathy Bates. She has me. But like, this is the only category where people of color actually can win in. Like supporting for some, and you can't even do that. Like you yeah. can't even nominate one person. Like I get like Florence Pugh is a, an up and comer, right? But it's it's that thing where it's like I feel like with the move the movies she's had, Midsummer, Fighting with My Family, Little Women, showed the range of her acting skills already. She can win an Oscar later, right? The same thing with um, Margot Robbie. I think Margot Robbie's art our age about right or she's younger than us maybe i feel like the only people on here who really like laura dern did a good job in marriage story and like scarlett johansson right but like there's so many other people you could have put here like just all around but instead they're like who are the whitest women we can find and then okay and then let's move on to supporting actor um tom hanks for a beautiful day in the neighborhood anthony hopkins for the two popes Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. See, they're they're both Italian, so they're not white, so it's okay. I was, was I reading something or watching a YouTube video where they were trying to argue that? That Italian isn't, and Irish are different from white. they, They were hated by white people for so long. So they're different. So that their diversity, it's like no, they're they're from Europe. Yeah, they're all white. Like the Irish are are white people. They're 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 white. Like yeah. I don't. You can the, the Italians. They're white people too. Spaniards. Yep, white. white. Portuguese. You're white. You 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 live in. You're Greek. You're white. Like you're it's just not a darker shade of white. Yeah, it's not until you get to Turkey then you're like, okay, now you're questioning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's you got to get out of the Balkans before you can become not white. Yeah, you're right. It's it makes you feel like. So did the last like four or five years even matter? No, racism doesn't exist anymore. We learned from our mistakes. Moonlight won Best Picture. La La Land didn't win. You guys didn't want La La Land to win. We wanted it to win, but you wanted Moonlight, so we gave you Moonlight. So lead, <laughs> lead actress is oh now, now we here here we go they 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 did it they did it Cynthia Erivo for Harriet Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story Shusha Run for Little Women Charlie Theron for um, Bombshell and Renee Zellweger for Judy they have a person of color she she's nominated we we gave you guys we we knew you guys would be mad so we we put one in I mean. She she deserved that. I mean, she's not gonna win. Yeah, but we did it. It is kind of messed up though that Scarlett Johansson gets two. I think of everything, she shouldn't have gotten. I don't know because Jojo Rabbit she does a good job. Marriage Story she does a good job, but I think they should have just. I think they should have gone with Marriage Story because that's more of an acting. Like I was trying to explain that to my my mom and my sisters. 
I was like, it's not a best picture movie. It's a we're actors, we're acting movie. Like if if you wanted to show like actors how to act, like show them that movie. <clears throat> and then let's get to lead actor. Um Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. See, he's he's Spanish. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. And Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. And do you know how many people... I read this article. It infuriated me so so badly because it was... He was trying to defend the reason why Joker was nominated wasn't the reasons you think it is. Like, oh, it has nothing to do with the angry white men who live in this world where we get punished for everyone's like, like, I don't know. It was just this whole thing about like, like Joker's a good movie by itself because it's good. And like, did you even see the movie? Like, it's just kind of stupid. All right, let's get to best picture. Ford versus Ferrari, the Irishman, Jojo rabbit, Joker, little women, marriage story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Honestly, so far, I have seen everything except for 1917 and The Irishman. And of right now, the one that I want to win is Parasite. Because that movie is just uh, it's a great film by itself. But it's also like it would be such a... Fr- like, it would correct the mistake they made last year with Roma. Where it's like these... People who are international now, sorry, we're not calling them foreigners anymore. These international filmmakers can make films just as good as Hollywood. Like, as as good as a Martin Scorsese or a Quinn Tarantino, right? Like, they can make these films just as good or even better. And yet, like, we still don't give them, like, oh, Alfonso Cuaron, he's a great director and he's a great auteur. We'll, we'll, We'll call him the great auteur that he is. But he still can't, his movie still can't win Best Picture. And then, like, the, the fact that Joker was nominated, like, upsets me. Because I was like, there's so many other movies that you could have put there. Fair, the Farewell. You could have put Hustlers. You could have put um, what, The Lighthouse. You could have put Midsummer. You could have had a chance to put these films that, like, actually were, like, really good by these actual auteurs, like uh, Ari Aster or uh, Robert Eggers. But you chose to do. Oh, well, Todd Phillips made a movie about angry white men. Because, you know, like, they they struggle, too, in America. You know how struggling it is for them? It was funny, too, because someone brought up how, like, oh, yeah, the DC's going to win an Oscar before uh, Marvel because Joker's... Watch out, Joker's going to win. I was like, Joker's not going to win. Even with the whole lack of diversity thing, it's going to be The Irishman or it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No matter how much they they want to diversify, I think like eighty percent is still like old white guys. Yeah, I I could see them swinging for Once Upon a Time, and then a Parasite being one because it's it just gets more and more and more coverage. I I would love for it to if if it pulled off a of Moonlight and it came out of nowhere and won, I'd love it. Like yeah. it would like. Like I said, it would it would show like, hey, international films can actually do well, and then also it's like, oh wait, you're telling me like a, a an actual best picture 
from last year is is gonna win? What? But I mean, I haven't watched everything, so I can't fully say. Ford versus Ferrari, I'll say, is, is a, it's a good movie. But is it is it good like a Green Book, where it was entertaining and fun and you liked it, but Best Picture? Honestly, it was a little bit better than Green Book, but Best Picture. If it won, it would be an upset, and I would be like, I wouldn't be. I think I'd feel I'd feel like how I feel like with Green Book. I'd be like, meh, like. Yeah. It's not the best film, but like at least Bohemian Rhapsody. At least like, like a Black Clan, like Black Clansman was good, but like we like we said, like we saw Sorry to Bother You, and that was a that did what that was film was trying to do, but way better. Yeah, like obviously, what best picture you want the best picture to win? Yeah, and sometimes you do watch movies and they're really good movies, but it is. I mean, it really is subjective to say what is yeah i mean we had that argument but two years ago yeah when it was like well i want shape of water to win but three billboards is also exactly the same like it makes me feel the same way i could like i felt like three billboards could win best picture just as well as uh, shape, shape of, water. of water yeah exactly. um but last year yeah it was like oh i didn't expect that to win Oh, fuck. And like I said, I haven't seen everything, so I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, it, it is intriguing to see how people view things, especially year after year. And now, just like it seems like every year with award shows, controversy hits where what does this mean for not only the best pictures, but like then what are the other, what are the categories that are going to get thrown to well, let's. This is nominated for this. Oh, well, Jordan Peele didn't get nominated for best director, but we could give him best uh, uh, original screenplay. And that's what I think is gonna uh, play out in adapted screenplay is they're gonna give Greta Gerwig adapted screenplay because, well, it's because she she wasn't nominated for best. It's the whole Argo thing again, where while Ben Affleck wasn't nominated for best director, everyone was upset about it. So we have to give Argo the best picture. I mean, if that happens, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it's cool. It's getting recognition, but it's not getting the recognition it deserves. No. You know? I, yeah, and that's why I think, like, we, I didn't talk about cinematography, but, like, Lighthouse is nominated for that. And it would be awesome if that won, but I feel like they're going to do something, like, it, it, it doesn't stand a chance because it's against The Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, um, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And they're going to probably give it, although rightfully so, they'll probably give it to like 1917. But say. it's also Roger Deakins again. And we do know Roger Deakins is a great cinematographer. So it's kind of, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to be like, yeah, like it's like congratulations, but like it's like, but someone else might. Like, well, see, that's. Oh. I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking about this more and more and after and whatever, but we are always stuck with two sides of the same coin where you're right. Do you go ahead and nominate and give said award to this movie because it's never going to stand a chance? And that's good because at least it's getting recognition. 
or do you give it to the movie that actually deserves it mm. no matter what does the 1917 actually deserve that award yeah or do you say hey you know what was really cool was really cool and you know maybe should have got a little bit more recognition but didn't uh, the lighthouse it, it was a really cool film let's that had really interesting cinematography let's give it to that I'm not saying that that's the worst cinematography of the group or anything, but I'm saying like, what if what if we watch 1917? And it's like, fuck, that's actually really good. Like it gives you the same, it gives you the same yeah. feeling as as we saw with Blade Runner, where you're like, god damn, this is just beautiful. Um, and then they give it to the Lighthouse, where you're sitting like, I love the Lighthouse. I love the way it's filmed. Like everything about that movie is great, but I mean, 1917 was masterful you know what i mean did you see that but see but it's the it's it's that it's that fucking but what do we do do we cheer either way and say well at least he's getting recognition at least at least that movie's having uh, their name on that billboard of this is what won this year or do you stick with like but we should give it to who deserves it but then like does that switch with different categories right but then see we're falling into the trap that Stephen King fell into, which we brought up earlier in the episode. It's like, what do you choose? Do you choose diversity over quality? Or just to do you be diverse so that just of diverse diversity sake? Or do you try and do just the quality? Or do you pull an Oscars and be like, Well, so and so hasn't ever won before and they deserve it. That but that's what I'm saying, like as I know. <laughs> as fucked up as that always is, what if you get this 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 list and you're saying well out of everyone this person deserves it but i mean look at fuck this movie came out and that's maybe that deserves, you know what i mean i don't know it's so hard to i like i honestly wish i wish the oscars would do something where they included like they included people in, into it you know what i mean they included like i don't know maybe like more like yes more diversity Obviously, they need to get rid of more of the older people, like like uh, Clint Eastwood. Maybe he, he doesn't need to vote anymore. But I feel like they, they there's a way to fix it. They're just they're trying not to. Like yeah. they're going out of their way to be like they like we like I and it's something that I feel like I've always said and I and I will always say is that the Oscars are always going to be wrong. Like always. Like, uh, there's the rare occasion, like we said, Moonlight, Shape of Water. Wow, like, we're, like, surprised that those movies won, right? But for the most part, people are always shocked. It's like, no, I told you this earlier in the year. Like, don't be shocked when it's this. Because that's how it always is. And it's like, I just wish they would. I wish they would change. And I'm, I'm not the person who's like, well, that's how it always is. So that's how it always be. You know, that type of person who, like, that's why things never change. But it's like we should be pushing them to change it more. Like we sh- like all like the people, the newer class should push them to strive. Like, hey, maybe next time you present us with more female directors, or you present us with more actors who are of color or of a different, um, just anything, nationality or whatever. Right? Just like you need to hold these people accountable, and because like. These people are literally holding the keys to the gates of, like, showing you, like, 
oh, well, you're not allowed because you're a woman. Like, women can't be nominated for direct, Best Director. And it's going to it's gonna come to a point where we're going to see a huge backlash, and then they're going to... They're, they're gonna nominate all women one year because because of the backlash, and then the next couple of years they're never gonna nominate a woman again, and they're gonna be like, "Well, we gave you what? Well, what do you guys need? More women? Oh my god! You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <sighs> I mean, it's that feeling that it's that feeling that you got when all year you're like, if Beale Street can talk, it's gonna be in it. Beale Street talks gonna they might win, and Beale Street, and then you get there and it's like, wasn't what? even nominated. Yeah. Because you're right, they probably had this idea like, yeah, but we really had a movie like that. The, do you remember the one from the other year that we did? And yeah, like but did the, you not see if Beale Street could talk? But, but remember, like the ones that we want to give it to the white people, we didn't give it to them. I feel like that's what their pro- thought process is. Well, we gave it to Moonlight. What, like three years, four years, ago, five years, whatever. We already gave them their film. And not them. We don't mean those people. I mean them people. God damn it. But but look at Martin Scorsese made a film this year. Yeah, we would do the same thing if Steven Spielberg would wait, no, that's not what we mean. I mean it's it, yeah, all of this really goes back to pretty much the Stephen King thing. And it's just it's one of those things where the Oscars is so privileged to do this shit that even nominating something does help. Yeah. But the thing is they go ahead and they throw in these nominations that are like, but that doesn't even deserve to be in there. No. Why, why does this movie get to be in there? But this movie doesn't, this movie obviously is a better one. And this movie deserves even the recognition of having its name up with once upon a time in Hollywood where people are going to say like, What's Parasite? I never heard of Parasite. It's best mm-hmm. best film. Yeah, I mean, how many people say that all the time? Well, and and it'll actually get them to go see like Parasite, right? But like, this whole thing is loaded with what's right, what's wrong, exactly. What how how they should go about it, but how really it should? I don't know. We'll just put a pin right here because, like I said, <laughs> it's gonna be two weeks and. Hopefully by next week, you know, we'll have some other story of, oh, did you hear that? Um, Actually, Parasite shouldn't win. But I don't know. I mean, obviously things are going to, there's the whole uh, what you, whisper campaigns that are probably going to be coming out. Yeah. And- I honestly, I really, of everything, it's like, I hope Parasite wins. Like, best actress, it's like, I kind of am just, I just threw the cards in the air because I'm like, this is like, honestly, it's like. It's going to be either the white woman, the white girl, the white girl, or the white woman. But we'll just say thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank you. Please, if you can, follow us on any of your streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Yeah. We're on uh, Spotify now. Uh, wherever you can listen to, we're probably on there. Um, or or you could also give us a like and follow or whatever on social at uh, intb underscore podcast for Twitter and Instagram. You can email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com. 
and let us know what you thought about the nominations. Did anything bother you? Are we getting too much into it? Probably. Like, like we've been doing. <laughs> we always or, get too far into it. Are you happy? Is there a film that you thought should have got nominated? Or did you hate all the film? And you just hate all the movies? Your, your only love for... You only loved one movie this year, and it was Joker. Yeah, or, or you know, let us know what you thought about Underwater. Yeah, the movie we reviewed. Or whatever we talked about. We, we love hearing back from people, comments, mm-hmm. uh, DMs, whatever it is. So feel free to do that. And like I said, um, we're going to be having more of these conversations because the Oscars are in, what, you said two weeks? Yeah, it's like the beginning of February. Ridiculous. <laughs> and so, you know, so after, before, there's going to be a lot more conversations. And yeah. But, you know, as always, guys, remember. It's not the best. It's not the